Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash CNN for a $1 per month trial. Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Friday, May 20th. President Joe Biden kicks off his long-awaited visit to Asia, his first as president of the United States, all while he tries to set a different tone than his predecessor. For a couple of decades in American foreign policy, you've heard this notion of a pivot to Asia. And Joe Biden, certainly as vice president, as a presidential candidate, and on this trip as president of the United States in Asia, his first as president, he has talked about the Indo-Pacific region being the future of the world in many ways. And so even though the pandemic clearly delayed travel to this critical region in the global structure, Joe Biden clearly understands he needs to walk and chew gum at the same time. While his foreign policy agenda has been largely dominated recently in Europe due to the Russian invasion of Ukraine, he cannot let the Indo-Pacific region go without presidential attention. So today, Biden arrived in South Korea, the first of two stops on this trip, and he reasserted United States standing in the region, especially after Donald Trump's presidency, which had a much more, as you know, America first, to use the former president's branding, mentality. Biden will meet for bilateral talks tomorrow with South Korea's newly elected president, Yoon Suk-yeol, and he will likely find a strong ally. Yoon has never held elected office before, but he did campaign as a big supporter of the U.S.-South Korea alliance. Next week, Biden moves on to Japan, the other major U.S. ally in the region. Here's former U.S. ambassador to South Korea and the former head of U.S. Pacific Forces, retired Rear Admiral Harry Harris, on what President Biden hopes to get out of this first stop on his trip. Some of the deliverables will be if he gets a strong signal from President Yoon that uh, President Yoon is going to deliver on his campaign promises to stand up to China, to increase security relationship within the alliance uh, with the United States, and uh, to seek improved relations uh, with Tokyo. At the time I'm recording this podcast on Friday afternoon, the president has only been on the ground for less than 12 hours, but we already have been made aware of a bit of a hiccup on this trip. Two U.S. Secret Service members were sent home ahead of Biden's arrival after bar hopping and fighting a cab driver and two Korean nationals. Now, these two Secret Service members were part of preparing security and logistics ahead of the visit, and both have been placed on administrative leave pending an investigation. On this first day of the trip, President Biden underscored the United States' economic priorities in Asia. He visited a Samsung factory outside of Seoul, where he underlined his big picture message for this visit. So much of the future of the world is going to be written here in the Indo-Pacific over the next several decades. We're standing at an inflection point in history where the decisions we make today will have far-reaching impacts on the world we leave to our children tomorrow. Later in the trip, Biden is expected to announce a new economic plan for U.S. trade interests in the region. There, he may have an uphill battle. Biden will have to show Asian leaders how he's different from his predecessor, former President Trump, who withdrew the U.S. from the Trans-Pacific Partnership, the major trade pact negotiated under President Obama. Of course, at the end of the Obama administration, even some Democratic allies like Bernie Sanders and even Hillary Clinton started questioning the Trans-Pacific Partnership. 
Also notable, President Biden will not be visiting South Korea's border with North Korea. White House aides said it was more important for Biden to visit U.S. troops stationed in South Korea instead of at the border. And clearly, there's no presidential trip to this region without national security concerns looming over it. In this case, the possibility that North Korea could conduct an intercontinental ballistic missile or underground nuclear test, even while the president is visiting the region. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan told reporters aboard Air Force One en route to Asia that if Pyongyang carries out a test, the United States will employ a contingency plan in conjunction with its allies. I think all it would do would underscore one of the main messages we are sending on this trip, which is that the United States is here for our allies and partners. We are here uh, to help provide deterrence and defense for the ROK in Japan. A test would obviously keep up North Korea's defiant attitude towards the U.S. The country has not engaged with multiple attempts by the Biden administration to restart talks. North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, you'll remember, met with President Trump three times, including on the North Korean side of the DMZ. Obviously, the biggest player in the region, China, is not on President Biden's itinerary for this trip. But it is inevitably intertwined in all of these economic and security issues. A key goal for President Biden, reducing American dependence on China and alleviating some of the pandemic's supply chain issues. Biden chose not to call out the country directly during his speech at Samsung, but he did tie in the economic headaches that come with doing business with autocratic regimes. Putin's brutal and unprovoked war in Ukraine has further spotlighted the need to secure our critical supply chains so that our economy, our economic, and our national security are not dependent on countries that don't share our values. CNN is with President Biden covering this trip every step of the way. If you want to see more reporting from my colleagues in Asia with the president, be sure to go to CNN.com. White House reporter Kevin Liptak is a byline you want to get to know and read religiously. He has all of this fantastic in-depth information. Stick with following him throughout this entire trip. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And please take a moment and be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. CNN Political Briefing is a product of CNN Audio. Megan Marcus is our executive producer. Greg Peppers is our supervising producer. Mohammed Darwish is our senior producer. Our episodes are produced by Krista Bowe and Anna Sterling. We'll be back Monday.